This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fellow rushing. Here we are in Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and I welcome all the folks listening by way of podcast as well, folks from all over the place. But those of you who are, who are listening in real time, if you've got something you want to talk about, give us a call. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. And before we go to the call, Java, uh, we have two, two things. First of all, J-State. Oh yeah, and it's, Alcorn. It's the big, it's the biggest rivalry in the state. I'll say it. I know we got Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but it's nothing better than uh, a Jackson State Alcorn football game because, it, well, I guess the same thing with Ole Miss Mississippi State. It splits up households. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> Is it possible to get tickets for games like this? Because I mean, it's one of the biggest events in Jackson. Yeah this this weekend the the tailgates have already sold out. People are out there setting up at the stadium already, and the city is a bus yeah you got any you got any gigs yeah i do i actually got something going on uh thankfully with the uh, magnolia marketplace so if you're looking for early 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 christmas shopping you can uh come downtown jackson today and then uh some uh Something happening at a great place called the Eco Shed. I know you're yeah, familiar yeah, yeah, with that. Yeah, Eco Shed, yeah. a cool place. That's where you're gonna be. Yeah, that's happening Saturday night after the game. Yes. Oh, that's gonna be heaving. For, for, forget that. Luckily, I'm only a mile away, so I could probably find parking at my place. Oh man, you know, <laughs> yeah, people are gonna be everywhere around uh, Veterans Memorial Stadium. Well, we got good weather for it. This is football weather, and uh, yeah, I was in the band. You were in the band, you know. Uh-huh. So we spent a lot of time huddling up in the stand, but you know, so that was that's a lot of fun. Other thing is. Uh, you know, we, we were talking about ordering stuff about, you know, your your oldest son has figured out that you can order stuff on the phone. Yes. And it shows up at the door. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, now this is an old guy talking. Kevin, you're too young for this, too. We used to go through the Sears catalog and circle stuff that we would Santa Claus would bring. Yeah. You know, and, uh, of course, sometimes it did. But we didn't know that Sears delivered, too. You had to go pick it up. Ah, but, okay. But, but, but your son's... And your, your, I guess your daughter's old enough now to start looking through the phone saying, can I get this, Daddy? When's he going to yeah, come? Yeah, they're all old enough to do that. Even the youngest at three, she sees things <laughs> and say, I want, I want. <laughs> you do have your past protected on your phone, though, because oh, otherwise yeah. Ma- Mario is going to bury your house. <laughs> yeah, he need, uh, you, you have to have my thumbprint for it to be authorized. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's, it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be a kid. And uh, here it is, uh, uh, almost Thanksgiving weekend is going to be a Big travel thing. I understand there's going to be some possible travel disruptions up north or here in the south. We're going to have great weather. Little, yeah, that, little chilly. Yeah. Okay. Little chilly. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit later about stuff you can plant this time of day. But let's start off this morning right off the bat and go, go up to South Haven, just shy of Memphis, and talk to Becca. Good morning, Becca. Good morning, Felder. How are you today? Not so bad. Not so bad. Good. Well, one thing I just want to comment, I'm really happy that I found out I can process loofahs even if they're still green (laughs) i mean i know how many loofahs can you use how many loofahs can you use well they're christmas presents okay i got you plenty so um but it's it's a lot easier if they could dry on the vine you know when you just peel them and shake the seeds out but i did find out i can process them okay do uh, do you like like soak them in some chlor i forget there's something about it that you saw for the skin i forget what it is well, um, uh, 
One YouTuber says soapy water, and most of the rest of them say like 10% bleach. Yeah, yeah, that's and what I heard. It's just, you know, some people just don't like bleach. But um, the question I have for you, and I heard this same question two or three weeks ago, but they were talking about sweet potatoes, and I'm talking about white potatoes. Last January, we planted seed potatoes. We got them from the co-op. Right. And they were white potatoes. A little, little, up, little early for up north, but keep going. Right. Anyway, we, we thought we dug them all up. But um, now there's potato plants coming up yeah. everywhere. And I'm wondering, we'll just leave them till they die and then dig them up again? Or, or what, yeah, what here, do we do? Here, here's the deal about what they call Irish potatoes, white, red skin, whatever, the Irish-type potatoes is uh, the plants grow best in a, in a place that has a long, cool growing season. Think Idaho. Think England. Think, you know, places where they have a long, cool spring, summer, and fall. Right. Here they die because it gets too hot in July and August, and they, 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 they just can't take the heat. You know, they're not that uh-huh. kind of plant. But the problem is if you leave some tubers in the ground or if you plant some in the fall, the plants will sprout. But if we have a hard freeze, that'll kill the plants. And sometimes it just burns them back and they sprout back out. But for the most part, they have a really hard time dealing with our hot, hot summers, have a hard time dealing with uh, even a, a moderate freeze. See, so this is sort of a, a little fun thing. So uh, that's the reason we plant them in usually February is probably better because you, you skip that late, uh, you know, the hardest of the freeze. But February and March and harvest before it gets too hot. And if you could get some tubers or if you can save some and plant them like in, in uh, late August or September, it takes about th- about three and a half or four months from when you plant a seed piece of uh, Irish potato before you can harvest, say, say three, uh, four months. So if you plant in... Late August, first part of September, you can, might be able to get a harvest for a hard freeze kills the plants. Okay, so it's just an experiment. Yeah, we we'll just see because I don't remember planting these. The last ones I remember planting was in January. Yeah, and oh, they just hid from us when we were trying to dig them up. Well, little, it's just it's a little tuber, and it says, "Hey, this is nice," and it's decided to sprout. But like I say, it, it probably not gonna have enough time to do anything. But, you know, at the same time, if you want to cover it up and see what happens, just keep in mind it takes about four months, just about four months, from planting to harvest. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, but b- before we move on to that, though, tell folks what a loofah is. You and I know, but a lot of folks may not know what th- this also called running okra. Have you ever heard vine okra or running okra? Um, maybe, <laughs> but there's three reasons to grow loofahs. It's a type of One, gourd. Yeah. It's a gourd, but people think about birdhouses when you say gourd. Yeah, right. Nothing to do with a birdhouse. But the first reason is the flowers, because they make these yellow flowers. Big ones. Biggest, biggest baseballs. They are gorgeous. You could grow them just for that. It's a fa- and it's a fast-growing vine, too. Right. It's a big vine. That, um, it'll, it'll grow on a chain-link fence just easy as pie. Mm-hmm. But um, the second reason you would grow them is if you want to eat them you um when they're like small a little bigger than your hand you can pick them off and peel them and eat them like like um cucumbers or zucchinis or something like that that's where it gets, that's where it gets its name running okra or or vine okra because it you know they're sort of ribbed like an okra yes but the the main reason that i grow them is for the sponge you let them get as old as you as the frost will let them get you let them get as big as they can, 
and as dry as they can, they turn almost black um, if they were out. It, it worked in Pearl. It doesn't work as well right, right. for me. But let them turn always almost black. Peel the skin off, and you've got a scrubby sponge. Yeah. Compostable. You have a compostable scrubby sponge. I, I gave. Uh, I took some loofah seeds to uh, to a friend of mine in England a couple of years ago, and he planted them. But he did. He started them in in in. This is a a guy who who's really into ve- exotic vegetables, and he started them in a pot. And he never got around to planting them. And his wife told me later that that it was growing in a pot on her office desk. It's growing up, and they don't close the windows because of air conditioning. She said it's growing out of her window and wrapping up all the window on the outside of her office. <laughs> you can imagine growing it in a pot. Yeah, some of ours, we grew them in pots, and um, we were, as we say, fixing to move them, but the root was going on down in the ground. Yeah, so we yeah. we just left it in the pot, and it, it worked just fine. So it's a, I didn't have my window screen in the pot for that, but... It's a cool plan. I hope that everybody who's getting a surprise present heard you tell them this morning on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> thank thank well, you, Becca. We appreciate your right. call, Becca. Thank you. Yeah. Lufa, L-U-F-F-A or L-O-O-F-A, but just think uh, back, back, uh, back scrubbing gourds. That's what I was going to ask. Is this the same thing? Yeah. Wow. It, it, it grows like a like a like a blimp or dirigible, and you peel the skin off, and you got the the back scratching The sponge. Gourd. Yeah. Wow. I learned something today. <laughs> yep. Okay. Let's slide uh, a little bit down the road uh, to to the uh, the outskirts of of uh, Clarksdale to Lyon. Hey, Homer. How are you? Hey, Felder, how you doing? I should say Clarksdale is a suburb of Lyon. There you go. Most people don't know that, Felder, so <laughs> we, need to, we need to educate them. What's up, man? Uh, not a lot. got a question uh, about um, uh, Come on, you're having okay. a senior moment. Hey, I'm definitely a senior. <laughs> oh, the, the, the Chinese... <laughs> The Chinese, what is the name of this green that grows? I've been told that it grows in warm weather or hot weather. It's a Chinese, is it Malalong? Ma- no, Ma- Malabar spinach. There, there is, there is an, an Asian, or a Chinese green. I can't remember the name of it. Somebody will probably help us both out. And it's a pretty plant, too. But the Malabar spinach is actually from Africa, and it is a terrific, good-looking, kind of a stocky. It's not a not a vine that's going to wrap up an arbor, but it's a vine-type thing that has real slick leaves like spinach, uh, and it's a real. As a matter of fact, it reseeds itself. It's almost a weed in one of in one of my gardens. But it's uh, it, it the hotter the weather, the drier the weather, the tastier it gets, the better it grows. Malabar spinach, and there is an Asian one, but it tastes kind of like soap to me. That's just my personal opinion. But Malabar spinach is easy to grow. It, it really wasn't. It, it wasn't a spinach. This lady told me she worked for a Asian man who used to raise something that looks just like the greens that we that we normally raise here in America. And she said it tastes pretty much like that. She said, but he grows in the hot heat of the summer. If anybody out there knows the name of it, uh, yeah. Well, uh, is, is it a vine or is it just a, a- plant on the ground she says like greens we grow like mustards turnips and 
you know, she said that's what it looks like. She said it tastes pretty similar. She said, but it, it grows in very hot weather. Yeah. Well, there's there's several plants called aloo. Uh, now, this is something aloo. Somebody called about this a, uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, aloo is a type of amaranth, and it grows in hot, hot weather. Eat it as greens. And they got green aloo and red aloo, but uh, the amaranth is called A L L O O, or that's a folk name, so it's probably. But aloo is an is a is a type of amaranth, and it grows in hot weather. But anyway, I, both of us about to learn something. Somebody calls in and help us out. But meanwhile, uh, think about the one called aloo, A L L O O. That's the way I spell. That's the way I looked it up a, a few months ago, and it's real popular in uh, the Caribbean. Because it grows in the, you know, in in warm weather, but that's okay. a type of amaranth. Okay, one other thing I need to ask you now. I've I've I I grow grains. I don't use anything but um, organic fertilizer on them. I put it in the ground before I actually, you know, harvest. Mm. I mean, right. forecast them. But I've noticed that most of the organics I've looked at, um, the they all have nitrogen. Uh, I use like a azomite. I use a you know, argonite, mite, a mite, or night. And I was in one of the popular tractor stores the other day, and I was over by the fertilizer, and they got something. The last name on it is organic. It's got a cow on it, but um, uh, is it that that mite or night? Is that something? Well, I, I I don't I don't know if it's get, if it's got a cow on it. Sounds like it's going to be some kind of composted manure, cow manure. Which, by the way, mill yeah. organite, you'll never guess what that's made out of. It's a manure. Yeah. You told me. <laughs> you told me once. Well. Let's just let's just say it is a proud product of the people of Milwaukee. <laughs> well, that that that's what they grow over in in, in a lot of your midi countries. They call it night. That's what they use to grow. They call it night. They they call it they call it night soil because that's when you can find it. But anyway, no, and they're perfectly <laughs> fine. They're perfectly fine. You know, this stuff is 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 composted. It's safe. It's not a problem. But you know, without knowing what this other thing, it sounds like it's probably some kind of uh, a processed or, or composted uh, cow manure, which is which is fine. Okay. Which is fine. Yeah, I tell you one other thing, right. and, and you being from the Delta, you know, you should you should know about this. But cottonseed meal is made from the the it's a, it feels like a greasy cornmeal. That's what it feels like to me. Uh-huh. It's made from cotton seeds, and even if it's from a treated field, the seeds don't have the chemicals in them. I'm real sure of this. Uh, but cottonseed okay. meal is a really good slow acting. Has a higher nitrogen type of organic. Most organic fertilizers don't have a real high nitrogen, which is what your leafy greens need. It's something that causes green growth, and it's nitrogen. A little cottonseed meal won't come amiss. Well, I can get it now. What about this stuff that this after byproduct comes out of a gene? No, no, no. Well, that, you use that to improve your soil. It's not the fertilizer. It's like uh, compost to, to fluff up your dirt. It's like putting okay. crackers, crackers in your chi- in, in your chili. You need something like salt and pepper in your chili, and that's what fertilizer is. So it's good to fluff your soil up with with gin moats or, or, or gin trash. But as far as fertilizer, it doesn't have a lot. So okay. Anyway, uh, let's 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 let's, let's enjoy the show. I appreciate. It. Let's see if we can both learn something about some kind of Asian green that grows in the summertime. 
right. Okay, Homer. Lay low, man. It's going to be a cold wind coming down this weekend from from up from, from towards uh, Texarkana and, and and all up in there. Stay warm. All righty, Java. Two calls, man. We dragged those out. He dragged them out. But That's this, some great information, though. Well, you know, it's getting people. You know, and you got stumped early in the show. I, I love it. I love it. I don't mind at all. But I did learn about alu. I don't know how to spell it, but it's a, a type of amaranth that's used in a lot of, of of dishes, and it grows in the summertime. But and there's a a, a a climbing vine from from China. I can't remember the name of it. It's a pretty plant. Uh, but it just tastes like soap to me. Anyway, we're going to take a break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Got the lines wide open. You'll give us a call. We'll be right here waiting. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. You want to give us a call? Got the lines open right now. Kevin's, Kevin's over there looking up words on his on his phone, so I need to put that put that young man to work. Give us a call at toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, Java had me. Uh, I, I felt. I don't know if I should say this because I was raised differently, but I felt smug last night because I was I ate a, an entire salad from my own garden. I grew myself. Well, that's not some. Well, I guess feeling <laughs> smug is, well, you is, know, is your thing. It. <laughs> yeah, well, let's but. put it this way: it came from from the dirt that I dug, the seeds that I sowed, some plants I set out. Uh, I snipped it with scissors that I stole from my mother years and years <laughs> ago. Well, you know, and I mixed it with stuff from the store: little cherry tomatoes and some uh, little, uh, little crusty bread things and all like that. And uh, I dri- dribbled some little dried cranberries on it. But well, that's I, an, that's an accomplishment. It was, and and, uh, and not only that, but I didn't wash it because I knew who picked it. <laughs> and I, no, I did not wash my hands beforehand. Well, well, it's God made from the dirt, and God made the dirt so dirt won't hurt. That's right, and <laughs> and it is so easy to grow lettuces, so easy because you just take a pinch of seeds. What I do is I mix two or three or four different kinds. You know, a little curly, a little flat, a little green, a little yellow, a little red. I mix them together, and I just put a tiny little pinch of that mixture. In uh, in small cups, you know, and you know, matter of fact, your kids could do this with styrofoam egg cards. Put a little mm-hmm. potting soil in it, and the tiniest little pinch. They have to practice the small, smallest little pinch of seeds and put in each of those. And when they sprout within just a few days and get a little bit bigger, you you take them and plug them into pots, and each one makes his own little mixed salad. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and you know, you can only cut it two or three times before it's gone. But if they'll do that every couple of weeks or so. In a pot, they have their own salad bowl that they can grow stuff in, you know. And it, it cold weather just makes it sweet. But it's so easy uh, to grow mixed salads in a small space all winter long, unless it gets really hard freeze. And if it's in a pot, you just drag it. Just in. bring it inside. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's something that's easy to do, and it makes you makes you feel smug. We're going to switch a smug and say accomplished. You feel yes. accomplished. And speaking of which, uh, in, in, in a bit, I want you to play a little tune I found. 
uh, because I did something else yesterday that made me feel great. I got me some new shoes. <laughs> now, Java, I'm too old to feel like a little kid hugging his new shoes. Well, no, that's no, nothing's wrong with that feeling. Everybody likes a new pair of shoes, man. Well, but, you know, and I walk a lot. I walk uh, four or five, sometimes six or more miles a day. And, I mean, my my shoes walking in Jackson on the pavement, mm-hmm. they get so smooth. What's that old thing about you can tell if a, a dime is head or tail is just standing on it? I mean, my, <laughs> my shoes are so thin they only have one side. And so I just walk in and say, you got these and this size? Yep, well, give me another pair. But when I put them on, I just feel like I'm like 17 again. Yeah. Because, you know, you got a spring in your step. <laughs> yeah, man. So anyway, little pleasure like that. And that's what gardening provides, little little pleasures. Growing lettuce in a pot. It's not fancy. It's not horticulture. It's not hard. You know, but it just makes you feel special. And it grows before it has a chance to die. <laughs> now that's now that's the key because once the, once you plant something and then it died, it's like I don't even want to plant any anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you're gonna do that, you know, plant what what may not make it, but put just some lettuce seeds out there. Hey, let's slide over to Tremont and talk with Joey. Good morning, Joey. How are you, sir? All right, Father. How are you doing? So far, so good. What's up? Uh, I know onions need a lot of nitrogen to make bigger bulbs. Sorta. So what is your recommendation, ammonia nitrate, ammonium sulfate, or cottonseed meal? Well, it's three, three different things. Ammonium nitrate and ammonium sulfate, they both are, are, are chemical fertilizer. They work fast, and, it, and they're real strong. So here's the problem with those. If you can't put just a pinch around let's put it this way. Ammonium nitrate, three pounds, will, which is a, a quart and a half. Three pounds will cover a thousand square feet. That's a, that's a that, you can't even see. That's less salt than you put on your egg. So if you so you oh, just do a little dab of that. No, no I half a dab. Okay. okay. And the same thing with ammonium sulfate, uh, you know, they you know, just one one makes the soil a little bit more acidic, one makes it a little bit more alkaline, but it's not that big a deal. Cottonseed meal, which is my favorite uh or, organic source of nitrogen, it only works well when the when the worms and the bacteria and fungi are active, which means warmer weather. So in the wintertime when you're growing leafy greens, uh, you know, in the you know, in when it's cold out there, or you're growing onions, anything where the soil is cold, natural fertilizers don't work very well. See, so uh, here, here's the deal, though. Onions have got practically no roots at all. You pull them up, they, they get just you know a few inches of roots at the most, and it's right under the bulb. So that's where yes. you got to put the fertilizer. You got to put it right under, you know, right beside the bulb. And because the roots are shallow, you, you if you do a pinch every few weeks, because if, if you just fertilize once. Rain's going to wash it down below the roots. See, so you got to what we call spoon feed uh, things like onions and, and a little bit of fertilizer right after you plant them, a little bit of fertilizer, uh, you know, a month or two later. Okay, but would, which of the three would you use yourself? Sulfate, uh, nitrate, or cottonseed meal. I, I would use cottonseed meal partly because, but I put it out, you know, in, in the. I'd put it out. I use it all the time, so that even when the weather's cold, it has already been converted in the soil. See, so it's a little bit steadier. Uh, the, but ammonium nitrate, ammonium sulfate, they're really, really harsh. They're real harsh, and it's hard to use them without burning your plants. But but they work. So, you know, I, I really, I mean, I'm not going to make a, which one would I use? I, you know, I, I just fertilize 
during the season and hope there's enough fertilizer for my plants to grow okay. But if you're trying to push them, you need to go with something a little bit faster. I got you. I appreciate your answer. Oh, I want to give you one other tip. I appreciate it. I want to give you one other tip. If you want to grow big onions, the way they do it commercially and the way old hands do it, you plant them shallow, and when they start to swell up in the spring, you pull the dirt back from them so the bulb is sitting at least halfway out of the ground. Uh, you know, you, you look at old hand, uh, 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 old garden, where they've been growing onions a long time. When they get ready to harvest, the bulbs are just about sitting on top of the ground. If they stay bare, the, the roots don't get very big. I've seen that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but their roots are shallow, too, so spoon feed them. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. You bet, Joey. Thanks for your call, Yo, man. Man, sir. Bye-bye. Okay, and let's slide down the Gulf Coast. Angie, what's going on in Mobile? Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? So far, so good. Java just nods. Okay. He's he's uh, he's playing with buttons and flashing lights and blinky things over there. Uh oh. What's up? Well, I was calling um, because um, I caught the tail end of the alu conversation, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to say that the green that they eat consistently in the Caribbean is called callaloo. Yeah, the same thing. Same thing. And um. <laughs> That's really popular there. There's a red within agreement, and they're both amaranth, but but it, it, Callaloo and Alu, they're they're folk named for the same plant. Have you okay. have you grown it? No, I just found out a couple months ago when I listened to your show that it grows in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. In the hotter um, of the summer. I, but I wouldn't mind uh, actually trying it one day. But all of that made me think about when I lived in Georgia, they have the kudzu. Mm-hmm. And someone told me that you can eat that. Is that true? All parts are edible. The the, the roots you can make, in a, a starchy, uh, 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 flower-like stuff from the dried tubers. The leaves are perfectly edible. The flowers have a delightful, sort of like uh, cheap grape bubblegum type of smell. and uh, But they're edible, too. If you can, okay. That's what I tell people. If you can't beat it, eat it. Well, yeah, more people should uh, eat it because I know it it grows really. It's really invasive in some parts of um, Georgia. The, the, the whole, yeah, the whole South. I mean, you know, there's a lot of plants that we grow that we don't think because we're not hungry enough. I mean, you can eat sweet potato leaves perfectly well, but we just don't mm-hmm. think about it because they're not traditional. They don't taste like what we want them to taste like. Okay, well, that's all I wanted to know. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And, and thanks for reminding me that Callaloo is a, is is the more probably the more common name. Alu is just sort of a slang for Callaloo, I guess. But thank you. Okay, thank you, guys. Have a good day. Bye. I'm glad Angie brought up that uh, kudzu because um, Michelle McAdoo, another yeah. producer here, uh-huh. she was gifted a um, a kudzu candle. And yeah. I was like, what is, I was like, like the vine, mm-hmm. kudzu vine? Why would somebody want a kudzu candle? But then she, uh, you know, burned it, and it smelled like bubblegum. Cheap, <laughs> cheap, great bubblegum. Great bur- bubblegum. Yep, yep. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. And I just learned about Callaloo and Alaloo here on this program back this summer. At the same time, uh, the last caller, uh, yeah, Angie, I, Angie uh-huh. you know, the sh- she and I learned stuff at the same time. Yeah. I knew you could eat amaranth. I never heard of Callaloo or Alu. But anyway, um, can't tell who's next. 
Let's go to uh, Paul in Clinton. Paul, good morning, Paul. How are you, sir? Good morning. I just uh, wanted to get your opinion on two services for your lawn. Yeah. Uh, a, uh, putting lime down, and, and is that a good thing or not? And, uh, and then also aeration of the lawn. Okay, a couple of things. The separate thing. First of all, lime. If you if your soil is is acidic, you know, below five and a half or so pH, lime neutralizes those acids and helps roots grow better. Helps fertilizer work better. But it can grow in an acidic soil, so you don't need to add lime. It just helps plants use fertilizer better. Uh, I tested soil for Mississippi State for several years when I was a Hines County Extension agent and uh, had own lab and everything, and only about half the soils in Hines County need lime. See, so the only way to tell for sure is to have a soil test. The problem is, and it pinpoints exactly how much lime you need. It's a good service. But then they also recommend what kind of fertilizer you use, and they use agriculture fertilizer, not home garden fertilizer. So if you want to be sure, spend the six bucks or whatever, have your soil tested, but only use it to see if you need lime or not. That's worth the soil test. If you're not sure, you can put out uh, the equivalent of about 50 pounds to 1,000 square feet. That's 5 pounds to 100 square feet every three or four years. And if you don't need it, it's not going to hurt. If you do need it, it helps a lot. So if you're not sure, uh, 5 pounds or so to a, to 100 square feet, and you're done. Okay, thank so, you. So, so that helps a lot. Centipede grass, by the way, tolerates a more acidic soil than St. Augustine or other grasses. So if you've got centipede, I wouldn't worry about it at all. As far as aerating, the idea is to help roots get down as quickly as possible, as deep as possible. Keep in mind, a grass root only lives about three weeks. It's a stupid thing to know, but there you are. And so the, if you can get roots down as deep as they can get in about three weeks— then as those roots die, they leave aerating paths for new roots to follow. See, so you don't really need to aerate it uh, except initially to help new grass get rooted as deeply as possible, as quickly as possible. And I kind of clay soil, um, you know, you could do it in the late spring or even the summertime, and the, that's when roots grow the fastest. If you, if you do it in the wintertime, those holes are going to snap shut before the grass grows roots in the spring. So anyway, if you want to aerate... Best in the spring and the summer after it's been motor time or two. And uh, and that's just to help get r- roots as deep as possible as quick, and then they'll take it from there. A lot of good-looking lawns in Clinton ain't ever been aerated, and they look fine. Very good. Thank you so much. I hope I, hope I didn't throw too much out at you there. I confused myself a couple of times. No problem. Okay. Appreciate it, Paul. Okay. Squeeze a call or do a... We're gonna ask Denny to to hold if if you would because we you know we, our computer's gonna kick us off here if we don't uh, so Denny if you'll just hang on we're gonna do a little cheesy tune and, and reset some stuff up here and and uh, turn some of these flashing lights off and turn some blinky lights back on and you know do all that kind of technical stuff that Java and and Kevin and all these other folks at MPB know how to do so well. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing and. Um, here it is coming up on Thanksgiving. It's going to be a busy holiday weekend. A lot of people are traveling for the first time in a couple of years. So I hope you're safe and careful and all that. But anyway, we're going to take a break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm so proud of my new shoes. I'm so proud of my new shoes. They make me feel great walking in. Woohoo! I got a spring in my old step. Anyway, between my lettuce and my new shoes, Life is good. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on MPB right after this.
Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio. Or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey. Gobbles, gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey. Gobbles, gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey. Gobbles, coming to my house tonight. All righty, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russian, me and Java and Kevin. We having a big time up here. And are we gonna do a, a program next week or is it a holiday? It's a holiday, man. Okay, so so this enjoy is enjoy yourself. So it'll be December before I see you again. I guess it will be oh, December. Well, we have to do something. Get the kids, and maybe I'll see you downtown tomorrow at that. No, at the Eco Shed. Yeah, at the Eco Shed. But the Gobble Gobble song made me think. There's so many Christmas songs, but. Not, not, a lot. Not, not a lot of Thanksgiving songs. No, no. And, uh, you know, as you're vegan, sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Denny's been hanging on from Jones County. Denny, appreciate you hanging on there, man. What's going on? Yeah, that's no problem. I appreciate you taking my call and want sure. to say that I appreciate your content. I, I always learn something new, so mm, I Me too. Um, I got a question about, uh, I got a lime tree, one of these mayor, I mean, a lemon tree, that mayor lemon tree, and uh-huh. I got a, a thornless key lime tree. Yeah. They're basically bushes. They're about two foot tall, and I got them in pots. Yeah. Because I figured I would try to bring them in if it froze. Well, I covered them with these bags that I found that are supposed to keep the frost off of them. Uh-huh. You know, there's like a white thing. Right. My question is, do I need to keep those on them all the time, like from now until spring, or do I need to oh, take no. them off? No, no. These plants, they need full – first of all, they, they don't need to be in Jones County. They need to be in central or south Florida. Okay, that's where they want to be. All we're trying to do here is protect them from from frost, frost or freeze. Uh, and when it's not frost or freeze, they need that sunshine. They need, you know. Okay. And I, I know a lot of these these uh, crop protection fabrics will let sunshine in, but it's not the same thing. So I would only cover them up as, if it's going to get down into the, let's say, into the mid, maybe the mid 30s or so upper 30s and if it's going to freeze bring them in just during the freeze as soon as it warms back up put them back out okay all right that's what i need you to know i appreciate it thank you okay hey oh let me are they in pretty good size pots or little pots they're in pretty good size pots they're pretty heavy they're big ceramic pots yeah yeah you know you might want to you know either make or, or get some little roller things make them easier to roll in and out uh, because yeah, you know that you know, otherwise you know take it from me you're gonna booger up your back if you don't. But uh, yeah. here's something else you can do while they're in their pots as they grow next year to thin out the branches so they only have a trunk and three or four or maybe five main limbs and then thin the the branches off of those so you have a a, a more compact opened up plant. You don't need every twig that's on there or every branch. So so think about thinning them out and the energy that'll go to what you cut off will go to what's left. So just feel free to, to thin them out. Don't don't keep them like okay. real thick little bushes. All right. Well, how tall should I let them get? I mean, T- tall, as, tall as you can drag. Okay. All right. All okay. right. Well, I appreciate that. You Thank bet, you. Denny. Hey, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Okay. Let's slide up the road a little bit to Brookhaven, Lincoln County. Hey, Emily, how are you this morning? Hey, Felder. I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Doing better. Doing good. I just found out I'm not going to see Java for two weeks. 
that kind of bringing me down a little bit, but what's up? Well, I've got a question. I know I probably should have already trimmed my fig trees back. They're taller than my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question is, is can I can I still do it? Am I too late? Um, have they already kind of set for next year? Or, well, or? It, it, it's real interesting. Here's how figs do. Figs produce figs, which are really inverted flowers. They're not fruits. They're flowers. Uh, they produce those on new growth, okay, as long as that new growth comes off of last year's growth. So if you prune them uh, to the ground, they'll sprout back out, but they won't have figs. If you cut them back to big, thick trunks, they'll sprout out, but they won't have figs. So if you don't have figs, you need to leave at least stubs of the previous year. So whatever grew this year, 2021, okay, 2021, next year, what grows off of this will have figs. So most people prune their figs in like January, February, first part of March. Leave some stubs of 2021, maybe two or three feet long if you can. That, what grows off of that will have figs. If you cut it back further, won't kill the plant, but they won't have figs. So if you've got some really tall stuff, uh, sometime either next year after you get through uh, picking or in the wintertime, cut some of the tallest stuff way back. It won't have figs when it sprouts out. And then leave some unpruned so you have some figs next year and then cut the other part the following year. In other words, you you don't have to do it all at once. But the the tall stuff, cut it back, and when it sprouts out, those sprouts, uh, Emily, they're going to jump. They're going to really jump out long, several feet long. So if you cut it back hard in the winter, new growth comes out. Sometime in the summertime, cut it back a little bit so instead of getting long and skinny, it branches out, and you'll end up with a bush. Thank you so much. I have one more question for you. Sure. Um, I planted some sweet potato vine, uh, ornamental sweet potato vine, in mm-hmm. my um, a bathtub in, our, in Bellhaven. Uh, outside? Oh, this is inside bathtub or out in the yard? This is my garden bathtub. Okay. Um, outside. But, um, but my question is, uh, how long can I expect that sweet, sweet potato vine to survive? And will it come back next year or do I need to replant it? They can come back if the ground doesn't freeze. These are subtropical plants, and a, a frost will kill the vines. A freeze will kill the, the tuber. Uh, and by the way, they make big tubers. The ornamental ones make, they're not pretty like what you see in the store. They're not all uniform. Well, they make tubers like a regular sweet potato. So as soon as the frost kills the plants back, if you want to dig up the tubers, shake them off, don't wash them off, you know, just, just shake the dirt off, and store them in a cool place indoors over the winter, you can replant those. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Well, let me ask you this. What you can do with all those vines you cut off? You want to come by? (laughs) If you don't want them, I do, because they're terrific. Throw them back behind your shrubs. They'll, they'll, They'll decompose and provide. They're really rich in nitrogen. They're good compost. Even just throw them behind your bushes. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, who we got here? I see two callers. Let's go to Buddy and Picayune. Buddy, what's going on, Buddy? Howdy. Oh, got a gorgeous day. How's it going so, with you? So far, so good. Looking out the window, beautiful fall color still. It is beautiful. Uh, I was curious about mulberry trees. How do you root from cuttings with a mulberry? Mulberries root pretty quickly, but it's best to let the new growth come out in the spring and kind of not harden off, but get tough enough where you can't, you know, where you can't, where it bends but won't snap. But the new growth in the summertime, you can also root cuttings that are about the size of a pencil in the wintertime. 
So so either twigs, you know, not the end, not the little weenie ends, but the pencil size up the size your your finger rooted in the winter, or else new growth rooted in the summer. Oh, okay, sounds good. Now there's a particular mulberry tree that I'm interested in because it's a very good producer and it's a very pretty tree. Mm-hmm. So if I root from it, I'll basically get the same growth habit. It it, it it will be a piece of the original plant. It's a clone. It's just, it's just like it doesn't know it's not on the same plant. All right. Well, that sounds good. I thank you very much for your help. Okay, appreciate it. All righty, now let's slide down to Harrison County. Talk with Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? So far, so good. What's going on? Good. I wanted to ask you, um, rhubarb, When? what is the season for rhubarb? Well, if you're up in Iowa where it wants to grow, I mean, if you live up in the Midwest, if you don't have a pie plant, it's because you don't have any friends. That's all it boils down to. <laughs> down here, uh, rhubarb, if you plant some of the older plants, you know, the bigger roots, um, you know, you can plant that pretty much any time. But here's the deal. Rhubarb hates our hot, humid summer. It gets hot in Iowa, but it hates our uh-huh. heat and humidity. Plant it in a raised bed so it doesn't rot from all the rain in the wintertime. And and if you could put it on the, sort of the north or northeast exposure so it's protected for the hot, hot afternoon sun in the middle of the summer. It needs light to grow, but morning sun is better than hot afternoon sun. So a little raised bed on the east side or the northeast side of a, of a structure, uh, and you can plant them anytime you can get them. You can mail order them right now, but, you know, you can plant okay, rhubarb I, just yeah, about any time. I did, I did order some seeds. You, you're better off starting with plants here in the south because the plants have a, a, a year or two head start. And uh, okay. they they just okay. suffer from the hot, humid. It's a hot, humid nights that gets it here. Uh-huh. Okay. But can I do it now? Um, might not have t- time for seeds to, uh, even though you're on the coast, you know, you could give it a try. But, you know, I would start them in little small pots, leave them outside, you know, on warm days. Uh, or else, if you could wait till spring, because we're going into winter time and things don't grow as well, and seedlings need uh, kind of a head start if they could get it. All right, thank you very much. Okay, have fun. Well, I, I got to ask you this: How do you eat rhubarb without adding strawberries and sugar and stuff? <laughs> or you just... I, I just don't mind it. I bake a pie, but it's it's really simple, and my my family loves it. We just and it's just rhubarb no, without sugar and stuff. No, no, I put sugar. Okay, okay, that's because yeah. <laughs> I have it. I when I was young, I ate it. Just we just yeah because because uh, took the string off and we c- ate it with salt because because we were hungry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I mean, grew up eating it. That's how I grew up eating it. And then, yeah, they, they don't, my family doesn't like it that way, so I had to find another way to do it. Yep, got, you know we, we're past we're past foraging because we got the munchies. Yep. <laughs> let, let us know how it works, Debbie. Uh, thank you. Okay, appreciate it. See, I know about pie plant. See, that's what they call it up there. Everybody's got a pie plant out in their yard. That's what they call it. And they mean rhubarb. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the, you eat the stems of the leaves. It, it looks sort of like red or, or reddish color celery. And who it'll turn inside out. But anyway, let's let's go on to I'm gonna say Edinburgh, but is it Edinburgh, Fletch? How you say it? 
Well, I'm I'm from Indianola. I'm just passing through Edinburgh <laughs> between Carthage and Philadelphia. Edinburgh. So okay, wait, wait, wait. Say it again because some people in England, they mock me because I say Edinburgh, even though it's spelled Edinburgh. I said Edinburgh, but okay. I don't know if it's right. Doesn't matter. What's up, Fletch? So, question. Since y'all talked about eating uh, kudzu, uh-huh. see if you can guess what these ingredients make up. Molasses. Corn silk, kudzu root, cayenne pepper, and what? paraben. What did you say? Paraffin. Uh, paraben. I don't know what paraben is. I think it's a preservative. Oh, okay, okay. Let me see. We got corn silks, kudzu, some spicy stuff, and corn syrup. Molasses. Molasses. I have no idea. Java, any idea? Corn, corn silks and molasses and some spices. Not in the least. I'm sorry, Fletch. Kevin, any idea? Nope. You got a stump, Fletch. Are you messing with us? No, no, no. It is a tobacco-less snuff substitute. <laughs> Art marketed as Smoky Mountain Herbal Snuff. Smoky Mountain Herbal Suff, Snuff is mostly... Kudzu and and uh, and and corn silks with some molasses and some spices. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm from the Delta too. Were you raised riding your bicycle behind the 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 fog image, the DDT machine when you were a kid? Uh, yes, sir. Right down from your house. Okay, so we we rode our bikes behind the fog machine when we were kids. No wonder we're like this. Yep. That <laughs> swam an Indian bow right behind the house. Well, have have you tried Smoky Mountain? smokeless tobacco, whatever you call it? I have. I have. I have. And I, I don't I don't typically dip tobacco, uh, so I wasn't trying to use it as, to stop, but I saw it one time and tried it, and it was just almost like having a wintergreen uh, lozenge in your mouth. Okay, well, I got to ask you this, and, and I'm, I'm assuming, I'm being gentle here, I'm assuming that you were lucid enough to look around, and what did the people around you what was the expression on their face when they were watching you? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know that I had an audience. <laughs> so some things are best done in private, right, my friend? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I, I usually get a squirrely look from people when I'm just standing there. So you never <laughs> well, we appreciate it. you. Got us stumped on that one, man. Live and learn. I'm not sure I want to give it a try, but you know, paraffin. No, no, paragon, par, whatever the the preservative stuff and the spices alone. I don't know. <laughs> Appreciate you calling. Yeah, it wasn't bad though. Molasses uh, and corn syrup. Yeah, you know, like they the gal, you know. But then again, there are people up north who raised just munching on raw rhubarb, whatever it takes, my friend, to get you by. <laughs> Good deal. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Flesh. We appreciate your call. Okay, I'm not sure how today's program went, Java. No, today's program has Kev, gone has, Kev, go, has you know, gone Kev, fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just so many different things that we can do here that are just not normal. And I didn't. I, I mean, there are all. I guess I shouldn't be so surprised with the herbal substitute because that's basically what he was giving a herbal substitute to uh, tobacco. Yeah. Uh, well, when I was know. a Boy Scout, you know, we we used to, and I've never smoked cigarettes, but when I was a kid, we used to we used to to, to smoke cross vine, uh-huh. and uh, you know, act like we had a cigarette, and we also smoked uh, a mullen, you know, roll it up and smoke it. But anyway, uh-huh. 
We got time to talk to Doris in Columbus. Should be our last call for a while. Hey, Doris, good morning. Thank you for calling. I'm trying to tell you. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, I had a quick question. Okay. I have a henna colossus plant. Huh. Are you familiar with that? I've heard of henna, but no, henna, I'm I'm looking it up real quick. What, t- tell us about it. Oh, I don't know. I just got it. <laughs> That's the way it looks. <laughs> henna Colossus. Col- C-O-L-E-U-S. Huh. I don't know. It said uh, I can, it need to be stored in full sun and shade. And I have it in a plant now, in a in a container. Is this a good time for me to put it in the ground, or should I wait? I, I don't know what it is, so I can't say. But I tell you what, if you could, if you could, if there's any way you could could either email me, if you go to Felder Rushing blog, not Felder Rushing net, but Felder Rushing dot blog has little things that email me, then I will find out some stuff too, and I might want a piece of it. Okay. <laughs> but I don't do email, so. Well, well I, you know, we're going to be gone till you know for the next couple of weeks. But I'm going to find out for both of us, and I and I'll make a note to talk about it when we come back in December. But okay. I, I I just don't know. I I, I just don't know. But uh, I'm going to look up henna colossus and see what it is. Okay. I'll be okay. in December then. You know, the, for the, the last time in November, I'm stumped. I'm tired of being stumped. I'm out of this month. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Doris. Right. Henna Colossus. I'm just, you know, I, I, I look, uh, I can't find anything about henna, henna. I just don't know. Yeah, she she got you, and and Doris, thank thank you for that. And um, <laughs> I guess that that I have to hold us until December third, until yeah. December third. If anybody knows about Henna Colossus, we need to find out because if she said I wouldn't put it outside just yet because it might freeze. But uh, if you could hold off, keep it in a pot a little bit longer, we'll find out for sure. Live and learn, man. Live and learn. Learn about about artificial snuff yeah. made from kudzu and corn and preservatives. <laughs> Uh, we learned about Alleloo and uh, something else we learned. I learned about, I learned about the loofah. The loofah, that's right. So live and learn. Think. We're having to think. I got enough to think about. I'll see you next month. Yes, sir. Yes, um, sir. Horticulture's fellow rushing. Um, awesome Java Chapman. Him and his kids going to get by the next week or so somehow without uh, having to, to, to deal with all this stuff. And uh, Kevin, good to see you, man. We're going to take a break. It's called Two Weeks. We'll be back the first uh, Friday in December talking about gardening. If you get a chance, go to a farmer's market that's still open. Go to a garden center and get some kids to get some bulbs and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all.